Hello again. Welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy. And with me, as always, is... It's me, Michael. I like this contemplative tone because this is a serious podcast. It, it is, Michael. Uh, I, hit, uh, I, w- I was debating on what to go with there, and I just saw some... Uh, Backyard wrestling fails on YouTube. Oh no! I don't know why I looked it up, but I did. That's like something <laughs> you would download off of Kazaa or. I'm pretty sure if you the, the first thing you get when you Google uh, backyard wrestling fails is from that era. Is there's a lot of timestamps. There's a lot of VHS, <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of Jeff Hardy wannabes. Oh, as you can imagine, and it all not, ends poorly. Good. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. I was not quite as uh, amped up after I saw that. <laughs> Takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, but you know what? Well, we got some cold medicine running through the system. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure that left a bad taste in your mouth, but Jeremy, tell me about something that left a good taste in your mouth. I see what you did. Hit there. me up with a beer brag. Michael, Big Grove in Iowa City turned one year old on Thursday. Oh, that's right. I think you hinted at this last week. I did. Uh, I had some time off that I took, mostly to get some stuff done around the house, but I also uh, wanted to go see that, the first anniversary basketball tournament, and for their one-year anniversary, they took their Imperial Stout called Richard the Whale. Mm -hmm. Well, their their barrel-aged Imperial Stout, that I should correct that, because they do sell just the straight-up Imperial Stout as well. Okay. But they had a I guess a pin, a firkin, a five-gallon mini keg? I don't know what you'd call it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had root beer imperial stout, which I had never even heard of before, right. let alone tried. Yeah, same um, here. It was weird. Okay. They they claimed their, I think I took a picture of the uh, Richard the Whale cask root beer, Russian imperial stout with cinnamon, star anise, sarsaparilla, vanilla, and molasses. Oh, so they did put sarsaparilla in there. They did, yeah. Um, That's pretty awesome. I don't know how much I know what the taste of, like, the herb, root, whatever uh, sarsaparilla <laughs> technically is, but uh, it was unusual, uh, and I'm told it's a root. Thanks, Google. <laughs> but it's it was weird. It, it did not taste quite like root beer. I could see where people would think that there was not enough of the vanilla in the system for it to taste like an actual, like an A and W root beer, mm-hmm. but it did have its own unique flavor. I believe I gave it like a 4.5 or a 4.75. Um, the star anise came through really strong, which that, I like, but yeah, that, but as it warms up, it gets a little different, Okay, but still very good. Good work, Big Grove. Happy birthday. And they also debuted a new IPA. Uh, series, I'm told, the Van Allen series, because... Ah, based on the famous scientist Van Allen, who is known for uh, discovering, uh, theorizing... The Van Allen radiation belt. Yes. His first name was uh, James Van Allen, wasn't it? Sounds right. Okay, good. Wow. that I was going to feel real bad if I uh, got that one wrong. Um, but yeah, it was basically a double dry hopped IPA with like five different kinds of hops in it. I don't know exactly what made it an Explorer one, but it was it was good. It was very hmm. good. P- 
pinier than I would have expected, but still very good. What about you, Michael? What do you got? I had a German beer, which surprised me. I had a Schneiderweiss Avent. Oh boy, Avent- Aventinus. Aventinus. Yeah, Aventinus. Aventinus. One of yeah. those. And so this is classified as a Weissenbach. Um, it, it's at 8.2% ABV, which already that's kind of breaking the typical German mold. Mm-hmm. I was expecting something kind of easygoing, malt forward, you know, your typical most certain German not. brew. And it is not. It's very different and very delicious. It kind of has a flavor profile, a little reminiscent of a double, a Belgian double mm-hmm. style, but it's a little more easy drinking than that and a little more herbaceous or uh, botanical than that. It's a bit hairier is the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was great. It kind of has some clove flavors in there. Some, I, I think I read this somewhere, but like the flavor of like bitters, mm-hmm. it had that in there. I definitely picked that up. So it was very far from a typical German beer, you know, a, a brew hall beer or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, your typical, the Hellas, Hellas Dunkel, uh, half of uh-huh. kind of style. So I was very surprised and very pleased with it. It was delicious. So, Michael, where did you have this beer at? This was on tap at a restaurant here, which is going to be shut down. Oh, lame. Well, shut down sounds like something bad happened, but they're, they're closing it because I guess the people who own it are doing something else. Mm. Yeah. So it might reopen under a different name somewhere, but I don't know if they'll have the beer selection. The This place mm. always had an excellent German beer selection all on tap. Um, so I'll... Uh, Michael, would it surprise you to if I told you that I've had that beer? That oh, it sounded like about. you were familiar with it. Um, I was, yeah. I had it at uh, Red's. Ah, how long ago? Recently or? Oh, God, uh, like two years ago, two, three. I uh, my, my parents were in town, and we went out there to get a meal. They have a... Let's see. What, I, I have to put this nicely because they are nice people. They have a very uh, excitable wait staff that is very very knowledgeable about their beer okay <laughs> and being good wait staff they showed up as soon as we had gotten seated and before my father had you know any time to actually look at the beer menu and so the waitress asked him what he liked he said oh you know uh, a germany sort of stuff and she's like oh you need to have this one and he's like oh okay i don't even know what that mm-hmm. is and so he got it and it was it was very good yeah I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Another thing I like about this restaurant is on the like back of the beer menu, they had a a map of Germany with the locations of all the breweries, so you can kind of mm. get an idea. Like you see some of the Kolsch's around Col, or yeah, the Cologne. Cologne. I was about to say Cologne. No, that's right. Uh, you know the Oktoberfest breweries right around Munich and um, around October, different things like that. So, so I actually took a picture of that because I liked it. And because I won't Good. be able to get that menu anymore. Unless you go back there and steal one tomorrow. <laughs> they probably just would give it to me. Exactly. Or you can just steal one and be cool. <laughs> because stealing makes you cool. Been caught stealing. Oh, Michael. Onward, enough of this nonsense. Okay. Jeremy, this is going to be a very brew-heavy episode, beer-heavy episode, which okay. I'm okay with that. makes sense because it is a beer podcast. Not to mention all the books I've been reading lately have been super depressing. <laughs> okay. So there was an article in the New York Times, The Gray Lady. New York City. 
that was about beer. It, it was. I believe I sent you this You one. sent this to me, and actually, Michelle also sent this to me. Aha! It's a double, uh, a double down. No, um, I don't know if I like that. Double down is fine, but you spell it D-U-B-B-E-L. Oh, yeah, yeah, double down. Boom, nailed it. Bruise news. Okay, so this article is An Unholy Fight Over a Saintly Beer by Ilana Magra. Magra? Magra. Probably Magra. <laughs> Basically, it talks about the famous Trappist West Fletterer. Say it. That's, I looked up according to <laughs> this r- random... Wikipedia. Or wait, no, no, no. Let's try this again. Well, two people are saying you pronounce it two different ways. Vest Fletrin. That sounds more right. Yeah. F- yeah. And it's easy to say. Vest Fletrin. I just wanted to make you to do this. <laughs> we'll call it Vesti from now on. How's that mm-hmm. sound? That's a, that'll work. Famous Trappist beer that is notoriously hard to get. And this article mm-hmm. talks about a gray market situation that happened in... Where is... That's Dutch Holland? <laughs> yes, yes, Michael. I blanked on that. The uh, Netherlands. The Netherlands. Holland. See, that's, it has two different names. So this Dutch supermarket chain managed to get hold of, it looks like, over 7,000 bottles of lot. this. Yeah. Ooh, and then sold it for about 10 euros each, which is 10 times higher than the original price. That was only $1.70? <laughs> Apparently. That that exchange rate might be old. I don't know. But that's what it was when I was over there a couple of years ago. Still, it's it's remarkable. Now, this may not sound like a big deal, but it's famously hard to get a hold of, mm-hmm. as it says in the article. In order to get it, you have to get it at the monastery. When you go there, they take your name, your license plate, and I think that's it. Name and license plate. Oh, and also phone number, too. And then with that, they don't sell to anybody under that name or with a car with that license plate for 60 days. See, Michael, as with all other Trappist breweries, the beer is only sold in order to financially support the monastery and other philanthropic causes. That's right. While the brewery is, by definition, a business, it does not exist for pure profit motives, and they do no advertising. The monks have repeatedly stated that they only brew enough beer to run the monastery and will make no more than they need to sell, regardless of demand. During World War II, the brewery stopped supplying wholesalers, and since then, they only sell to individual buyers in person at the brewery. There you go. And to quote the Father Abbot, mm-hmm. we are not brewers, we are monks. We brew the beer to be able to afford being monks. I'm glad you got to the uh, Wikipedia page <laughs> yes, as well, Mike. we are both on the Wikipedia. Yeah, we are. <laughs> now, a little background about this brewer and the beers. So it, it was, the monastery, St. Sixtus, is the order of monks. That was founded in 1831. They began brewing in 1838. That's a long time. And in 1931, they began selling to the general public. So before that, it was just for like themselves and special events, things like that. Mm -hmm. Notable about them is that they're the only Trappist brewery to have their copper vessels intact through World War I and World War II. All the other Trappist breweries had their copper vessels requisitioned by German occupying forces. Nazis. <laughs> well, in World War One, it would be... Uh... Oh, the Kaiser, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Another cool thing I saw is that all bottles have been sold without labels since 1945. That is pretty awesome. And all the legally required information is printed on the bottle cap. 
awesome. And so the the only Trappist beer to not have the official Trappist logo displayed on the bottle because there's no room for it. <laughs> Look for the Trappist label. <laughs> um. So they sell three brews. They sell the West. Oh boy, I've already forgot how to say it. <laughs> Westfletren Blonde. This is, the, this is the one that was in question for the story, right? I believe so, yes. I think so as well. And then they have the Westfletren 8, which was formerly called Extra, that has a blue cap. And then they have the Westfletren 12, which has a yellow cap. Formerly they're apt, A-B-T, and that was introduced in 1940. It was quite a feat for the Dutch supermarket chain to get these. They had to go through a gray market. They said they didn't make that much profit off it, actually, because they sure. bought it at a jacked-up price. I mean, Oh, yeah. Someone made a profit on it. Uh, yes. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And so the monks were pretty mad because that's not how they intended their beer to be sold. Mm-hmm. The Dutch supermarket uh, did apologize, but they said... And kept the money. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think they said something about... They were grateful for the beautiful beer or something like that, or happy the customers introduced them to the beautiful beer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure they did. Yeah. That sounds pretty scummy. So, yeah, I was glad I read this article because I must be getting conflated with another Trappist brewery because I thought you could get this in, like, stores here, but apparently that's not the case. No. That's some other Trappist brewery, it must be. So I don't know which one I was thinking of, but so interesting, though. Maybe I was thinking of Vestmal. That's my uh, that is my employer's favorite beer. Oh, we had to I had to get more Trappist. I gotta catch them all. It's true. Um, fun fact, and I don't know if she is a friend of the show or an enemy of the show. We'll, <laughs> we'll call her Da Megan. Okay. Coworker slash collegiate friend of mine had been able to get her hands her grubby grubby paws on Westy Twelve. Oh. A couple years ago. And if the tweets are correct, she has three bottles somewhere that are like two or three years old now, so they're delightfully aged. Yes. And I attempted to get her to give me one as, you know, finder's fee for reminding her that she had some, (laughs) Uh, but I don't know if it's going to work, so stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. If if nothing else, Megan, write in and tell us how you got it. I remember vaguely details about it, but... Give us a shout. Yeah, and if you had some, did you like it? I know she's had some, I can tell you that. So the saga continues. The saga does continue. Jeremy, more brews news. Brewers Association for Small and Independent Craft Brewers Mm -hmm. released their top 40, oh, 50 (laughs) craft brewers in the country. Interesting. So these are a list of brewers by volume. So we're doing this again. We're doing this again. It's becoming, by volume. Okay. It's become an annual tradition. And so, yeah, okay. your duty is to guess the top 10. All right. Um. Okay. And for the record, this means not owned even partially by like an InBev or a SAB Miller Coors, right? The rule is if it's... A 25% or more share owned by Macro, it is no longer in this list. Okay. Sierra Nevada. They are number three. Interesting. New Belgium. They are number four. Uh Hmm. Oh, do I get like the, uh, let's say the Family Feud Three Strikes? Yeah, we'll do it that way. All right, okay. Uh, Stone. I can't remember if they're owned by someone or not. 
they are not as they are famously suing uh, mm. Miller Coors. That's right. We just talked about it. <laughs> they are number eight. Number eight. Good God. Uh, okay. Um, oh, do 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 do. Lagunitas is sold out. Yep. Ballast Point has sold out. Yep. Sam Adams. Boston Beer Company, number two. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Good. We're getting somewhere, but I'm still kind of uh, stuck, floundering a little bit. Uh, is that a clue? Is it Dogfish Head? <laughs> that wasn't a clue, but they are number twelve. Sweet Doc. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think not, we went not through... Goose Island. Nope. Surly. They are on the list, but they're lower. They're thirty-nine. Founders. Founders is not craft by this definition, as they are really partially owned by oh Mao San Miguel. Oh. Which is a Spanish outfit. You you don't say. <laughs> it could have been Cuban. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it couldn't have been Cuban. No, it couldn't have. <laughs> what area of the country are we talking? The number one, I think we went through this routine last year. I'm pretty sure we did too. Is a Pennsylvania brewery. Oh, Yingling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'd <laughs> forgotten all about that. And then we go over the part where we both had at the same time that one person we both know brought a whole bunch. That's not that good. I I, I can't remember much about it. I remember it being like, that's it? Really? That's all I remember. Yeah. All right, hit me with the ones I missed in the in the interest of time. In the top ten? Yeah. Because I got a number of them, didn't I? Oh, yeah. You got the top f- You got four. five in there. Five? Five okay. or six. Uh, so Yingling, Boston Beer. Boulevard? No, they got they got to be owned by someone. Uh, You know, you are adjacent correct there. Okay. So as we'll go, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Duval. Which Boulevard is a part of. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. Duval has Boulevard, Firestone Walker, and Omegang. I did not remember that. I'm sure I knew that last year, but I don't remember <laughs> it. And then there's Gambrinus, which you is... a honey malt. <laughs> Bridgeport, Shiner, and Trumer. Probably most oh. of that's driven by Shiner. Yeah. And then Bells. Ah, damn it. Michigan. Stone, as you said. And then I believe this is new. Yes, this is new entry for this year. Apparently some Mm -hmm. bruise news that we missed last year. Number nine is Canarchy. I like the name. That's pretty (laughs) awesome. Can is all capital. C-A-N. Narky. Narky. Yes. (laughs) Uh This includes Cigar City, Oscar Blues, Perrin, and Utah Brewers Cooperative Brands, which some of those. I believe includes Waswatch and Waswatch. Waswatch, the word I can never say. That's like the theme of this episode, words I can't say. And um, Squatters is the other one. Ah, yeah. We've had most of those on the show. Yeah. Not Cigar City, to the best of my knowledge. No. I, I, I did mention that in the beer brag last year around Dark Lord Day. Yeah. Because they had Hunapu on tap at Dark Lord. That's right. And it was was awesome. So last year, all those brands must have... Sold out! Well, they're not... That's kind of weird. You're seeing some uh, coalescence in the craft brew market, but they still don't meet the criteria for a macro. They're just like... A a commune... Yes. ...of smaller uh, brewers. Share the wealth, Michael. Yes. Yeah, so... I'm I'm okay with that. Number 10 is Deschutes. I mean, I know them well, and I never would have thought of that. Yeah. I didn't realize they were that big. 
So yeah, I was talking about this coalescence, and there's two other ones that were on the list last year that I must have not paid attention to that are also on the list this year, because there's Matt Brewing Company, that's right, mm-hmm. M-A-T-T Brewing Company, <laughs> which is very pedestrian. Um, I'm okay with that. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. They have Flying Bisons, Saranac, and Utica Club brands. Doesn't Saranac make a ginger beer? Uh, they could. I think they do, because I left too much of it out on the deck, and it froze. And it <laughs> ruined it, and it ruined everything. So those, those are um, some New York breweries that went together. Mm-hmm. And then Artisanal Brewing Ventures includes Victory and Southern Tier. And I think when we had Southern Tier on the show, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not in the top 50 or whatever. And mm-hmm. no, they are. They're just under this alliance guise with Victory Artisanal Brewing <laughs> Ventures. Also, point of note for you, I didn't see it on the list last year. See it here this year. Three Floyds cracking really? in at number 45. Oh, awesome. It You know, for given that we don't get Three Floyds, you know, two states over, I'm not surprised that it's taken them a while. You're right. Oh, sure, yeah. They have expanded in the times that I've been there, like significantly, but they, they it's still not that much, I guess. They also, on their same list, they have the top breweries, period, macro or micro, or however you want to define it. And so mm-hmm. it's Anheuser-Busch, Miller Coors, Constellation, Heineken, Pabst. Constellation? Uh, Constellation Brands, they, that's who owns Ballast Point. Ah, okay. And uh, they also do like... <laughs> um, do they do like Corona? Corona, yes. Oh, okay. They also bought out a Funky Buddha, which was... I see, I'm seeing that. ...much um, lamented in the craft brewing community when that happened. Uh, one last thing about this, they have a PDF, and you can look up what they list as including under like the big brewery names. So like mm-hmm. it's like Anheuser-Busch includes 10 barrels, Bass, Bex, Blue Point, Bud Light, Budweiser, Breckenridge, oh, Bush, and da-da-da-da-da. So it's a nice um, list to identify. Sellouts. Stuff like that, yeah. And to score them properly. Yeah. I've been to Breckenridge Brewing. It's not that cool. Yeah, I wonder, I don't know, you might have been there before or after, who knows? I think I was there before. So it would have been like five years ago, five, six? Grandma was 99 when I went there. We'll put it that way. I don't remember. It's 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 been a number of years. But, yeah, we went there, and all their beer is super, super sweet. Oh, yeah. Very, very cloying, and I was not a fan. Yeah, so the purchase was in 2015, uh, completed in 2016, so not that long yeah. ago. Yeah, I was definitely there beforehand. Uh, uh, fair. Fair. Uh, side note with this Constellation brands, Michael, I'm given that we have, you know, a... Uh, a mini season on our hands at the moment. Uh, I'm kind of tempted to see if I can run down one of these Modelo Queladas and make us do this. Well, so what is this? It's a uh, Modelo beer. Uh-huh. You know what a Colada is, don't you? That's not the clam thing, is it? No. No, a Micolada? That No, I'm saying a Colada. I thought the Micolada was the name. Let me it... read you some flavor text, Michael. It... Modelo Quelada Tamarindo Picante. Blends beer with the flavors of tomato, salt, lime, tamarind, and chipotle peppers for a spicy yet refreshingly sweet taste. Oh, Jesus Christ, this looks disgusting. <laughs> uh, I've told you the story about the time I had coladas, right? I, I don't think so. 
Enemy of the sh- uh, long story short, so I am a Detroit Red Wings fan, and Enemy of the Show uh, Ryan is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And back when he lived at Capital T, Capital H, the house, those two teams played in the Stanley Cup Finals, and so we gambled. We bought a six pack of Kalata Tall Boys, like the the Budweiser Kaladas, just disgusting. And if your team lost. You had to drink one of those, and then so we got through game six. We so with game seven, we were out of the the tall boys, so we got the super tall boy that was like the twenty five ouncer. And so this was the this was the Budweiser Clamato Kelada, right? This is the one with clam juice in it. Then I guess so. It's revolting, whatever <laughs> okay. it is. It's it truly might be the worst beer. I, oh God, we had the picante version, didn't we? The red label. Oh God, yeah, we did. And so you oh. want to get the Modelo version of this for the show? I feel like it would be better because it's a Mexican beer. Yeah, Budweiser Colada Picante is sitting at a zero on rate beer. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, that's it's horrific. It really is. So a Micolada is beer lime juice and then like spices and sauces and it's all over ice oh so that one is more of a uh, cocktail beer cocktail if Mm. anything whereas i think this is a i don't know a a blend a blend yeah enough of this garbage michael we've been (laughs) we've we're off track uh how about we go on to the fdr sir yes it's always fun to talk about the biz of beer but yeah let's get back to the realness the beer (laughs) The actual beer. Michael, what is an FDR? <laughs> an FDR <laughs> is a president <laughs> who sat for three terms. No, four terms. There's four, yeah. Three and a half. I don't know. No, the FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. And Jeremy, you picked this one up, so I'll let you introduce this one. I'm looking forward to it. So, Michael, a few weeks ago we did the... Oh, God, what was the name of it? Roasted Marshmallow? The the Toasted Marshmallow Double IPA from... Do you remember who that was by? It was by Decadent Ales. Decadent Ales, that's right. Had I been paying more attention when I was buying these beers, I would have noticed that Omnipoyo makes a Sploing Mango S'mores India Pale Ale, and that's what we're having today. Yes. So it's a new season of beers, and we're front-loading mm-hmm. the IPA, because I do not want this one to... Yeah, I was thinking the same Sour thing. Sourness. I'm really looking forward to it. I want to have uh, the freshest this can get because mm-hmm. based on that last one, I'm chomping We're at the We're in bit. for something weird. Yeah. Um. So do you have some information on the brewery and or the beer? Yeah. So Omnipollo. Omnipolo? I don't know. I think it's, well. this It's interesting because this is a Swedish brewery. Swedish, yeah, beer, where it's dead. Yeah. Although this particular beer was brewed in the USA. Good old Boston. <laughs> yeah. Back in Dorchester. Dorchester brewing. So this is Omni Pollo. Polo is an award-winning beer producer that was founded in 2011 by Hanak Fenty and Carl Grandin. It's, they've got some Swedish names. Yes. And so it's really interesting just looking at the beers on their page. They seem very, I don't know, what's a good adjective here? Look at the adjective. Um, diverse. Diverse, inventive. Um, weird. Experimental. Weird. Yeah. And this one looks no different because we are having sprung. Sproing. Sploing. Sploing. <laughs> you know, little side note. Back in the nascent days of YouTube, there was a video of some, 
either Dutch guy or, you know, obviously I get confused with that as we established earlier, but some um, European guy and he had his baby. And now this is like, you know, bread and butter for YouTube these days, but this was a big viral hit and he just kept making sounds and the baby would, yeah, laugh. Oh, I think I remember this. For whatever reason, sploing, I think he said that a few times and that's what this name of this beer reminds me of is that old viral video. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll have to post that. The first viral video. Yeah. Sploing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sploing is our first ever beer to go into cans, and we wanted to make something special for the occasion. This is the flavor text, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, Jeremy and I are not making this. This is no. from the brewery's lips. I wish. A mango s'mores IPA packed with mango, vanilla, marshmallow fluff, graham crackers, rock salt, lactose sugar, and a, an abundance of our favorite hops. At first I thought Henock was the name of the, the hop that they were using, but no, that's just one of the, the dudes. <laughs> that's the dude's name, yes. Uh, it's 7% ABV. Now, another thing, you know, their beers are experimental, but also the artwork on the beers is very eye-catching, very stylized, and this one is mm-hmm. no different. It's a very vivid... Uh, what's the word like? Uh, fluorescent? Is that it? Fluorescent, psychedelic is another. Yeah. Of a volcano erupting, spewing out green ash and mm-hmm. uh, neon orange, reddish pink lava flow gushing out. And that's just one side of the can. On the other side, you have the sploing written in a very eye catching uh, neon typeface. And uh, yeah, mango s'mores. And it has more information that we just kind of talked about here. It's one of those cans where it's just like a can with a sticker wrapped around it. A belabeled one? Yeah, a belabeled can. So in my opinion, that's a good sign um, because that means it was brewed by a smaller outfit who is trying really hard. Mm -hmm. So let's let's crack it open, shall we? Crack it open. Now it's pouring a lot lighter than I thought it would. Me too. It's uh, a, a a light tawny straw color. Yeah, a uh, slight haze to it. A little bit. Nowhere near the uh, the return of the hazy IPA that we brewed on Friday. Oh, turns out it's a lot of hops. <laughs> but what are you getting out of the smell on this one? The smell. Mm-hmm. It's a there's a sweet kind of tropical fruity aroma. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm trying to see if I get any of those other. Like marshmallow notes or graham cracker? Not quite. Not quite. Not for me. No, I think it's more of the types of hops that are in here that I'm smelling. Mm-hmm. The salt is really... I don't smell it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's its weird that it's you know brewed with salt. It's like a goza or something. Maybe. Um, let's, uh, let's go in, shall yeah, we? Yeah, you go ahead, Jeremy. I will um, continue to admire this from afar. What are you thinking? That's weird. <laughs> it matches the uh, can. Yeah. Getting the mango. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, that is weird. Hmm. Oh, that's... I'm not getting much of the s'more. No. Like, at all. I mean, I think the toasted marshmallow probably set our expectations a little bit. That kind of ruined it really hard for what that should taste like. Right. And um, they did such a good job of making a toasted marshmallow flavor, whereas this is more... Mango forward. Dialing that back to the beer IPA side of things. Mm-hmm. 
But you know what, Michael? Let's not rate it against the uh, toasted marshmallow. No, because that was a very unique case. What with this being half the price of the other one. Yeah. And this, um, you know, judge it on its own merits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. It starts off like a, you know, on the front of the tongue, it's like a um, typical, well, not typical because they're kind of a newer thing, but a fruit forward, kind of like a fresh squeezed, I guess, IPA. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. In that domain, but more mango centric versus like grapefruit or mm-hmm. lemon or anything like that. Or an orange. And then, like, when it goes around to the back of the tongue, it does like all these weird, like, backflips and a bunch of different mm-hmm. tastes pop up. It's a good way of putting it. And then it finishes a little bitter, like an IPA would, but mm-hmm. a delightful bitterness. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that midsection is really throwing me off, and I have to keep going back in to see, like, okay, what is exactly going on here? And that's the weird part for me. That's what's weird. If I had not read what was in this, I would have assumed that the mango was a uh, a, bi- a product of the hopping process. Yes. Yeah, Because too. it it tastes exactly like you would expect a mango hopping profile to taste like. Right. Um, not that I know whether or not that's actually doing it, but it it straight up tastes like a mango at the end. Yeah, I think, that, yeah, that mid-tongue is some of that mango fruit flavor, which has um, a little bitterness to it, too. Just a touch. Just a touch, like that kind of pithy bitterness. Uh-huh. It does not taste like candy. I, I don't get any of the vanilla at all. Yeah, not so much. And I don't know what graham crackers would exactly do in a brew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine it would just make it a little, like, bready. Yeah, because they're probably... What, graham crackers are made with, what, wheat? What? Graham. What's graham? I don't know. <laughs> All right. It says it right there. Um, <laughs> the, the s'mores is definitely a misnomer on this one. I think it's more mango. Mm. I think of it as like splung, splung, sorry, mango IPA. It would be right on the money. Yeah, I agree. Kind of confuses it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Graham flour is a type of flour. Oh, it's just, so, yeah, yeah, whole wheat flour. Yeah, like I said, graham. <laughs> so, it's a, so essentially you get a wheat beer component in there, more or less, right? With flour, though, that's, that's different. Diff- different. Yeah. Are you getting a little... It, it feels like it has a really dry finish. Yeah. And that's kind of the part of that backflip because it's such a sweet, fruity... Not sweet in like a sugary sense, but, you know, as in you're eating some mm-hmm. fruit and then it drops into this dry, bitter finish. Mm-hmm. So we're in agreement here that uh, this is just a mango IPA with some weird crap in it, right? I mean, I think realistically, yeah, at this point, that's kind of what I'm tasting, more or less. Mm-hmm. And it's still pretty good, though. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. It's just mislabeled. Have we ever had a beer that has been quite this not what it says it is? Like like completely, uh, mi- not mislabeled, but misnamed, misleading, but was still tasted good. Right. Because, because the cherry almond comes to mind. That's true. And that just tasted like crap. Right. It didn't taste like cherry or almond, really. No. Tasted like arsenic, if memory serves. <laughs> and old lace. Nothing really splings to mind. How many times are you going to say sploing? Uh, <laughs> no, Jeremy, I cannot remember a similar time off the top of my head. But I think the cherry almond is a good case in point. A good uh, 
Whereas that was like antithesis. Um, yes, that that was like, oh, this this doesn't taste like it says. It's real crappy. Mm. This is like, uh, it's not exactly what it says, but it's still but not it's ha- bad. It's halfway it's what it's pretty says. good. Yeah, it's half of what it says, and that half is just fine. I'm getting a weird kind of lactose. I mean, well, you know, I'm being prompted to think this by the can, but there is a, a weird sweetness in there. It's not like way mm-hmm. up front, but it is there. Here's what I'm also kind of picking up as this gets warmer in my hand. Mm-hmm. There's a slight vanilla-ish tone, and I, I but I think it's more like that um, creaminess that you get from a mango more than like straight up vanilla, mm-hmm. and that's starting to like percolate through some of the noise here mm. um, as it warms up. I'm happy that I got this, but I'm also kind of cranked because. If we had not had that toasted marshmallow, this would probably be rated higher. Rating with your heart. We know that it is possible to make it taste straight up like a marshmallow. It's true. It's true. It can be done. Ah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's get this one. Bring it on home, Michael. Um, let's go in for the rating. You go first. All right. Um, let me do a quick sip of judgment. Now, one thing I will say is like. The notion, uh, this is probably the wrong time to go on this little tangent, but the notion of an IPA <laughs> is dead. <laughs> like, this is nothing like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, is the prototypical pale ale. Agreed. But this is so far from that, and you think like pseudo Sioux, and you know that's mm-hmm. technically a pale ale or an IPA, and mm-hmm. it's delicious. It's completely different. So IPA is becoming more meaningless, but I like that because I was not a f- big fan of the big, huge IBU mouth mm. buster tongue scraper IPA hop bash, slam it down, guzzle it. Yes, Michael. Uh, wrestling mat on your tongue. Fun fact, in my attempts to find a recipe for the hopping profile on a New England IPA, Michael, mm-hmm. um, apparently there are several... Uh, uh, nerds, for lack of a better word, who have in fact made zero IBU IPAs. Actually, we talked about that on the show. We did? Yes, it is all about dry hopping. Indeed it is. Yes. That's why my math was screwed up the other day. <laughs> I told you that six and a half ounces of uh, hops was going to yield like eight IBU or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, w- I was wrong. It's more like 62, which still seems low, but what are you going to do? Um, All right, rate this thing. Yes, so having said that, (laughs) I give it a four. I like the new IPA. Throw out the old paradigm. More with the new. Michael's a fan of IPAs now. Cats, raining dogs, or whatever they say in Ghostbusters. Jeremy, what do you rate it? Cats are marrying dogs! (laughs) I like all kinds of IPAs, Michael. I like the... The tongue busters, the mutton busting ones. So the uh, the piney. The, I like the piney. I like the fruity. The West Coast, the East Coast, Sea to Shining Sea. And I like the Northeast Iowa ones most of all. Okay. Which are you know variations on the other styles. Um, I do like this. I mean, this is the equivalent of taking barbershop in strange new directions here, and like a, a plum floating in a perfume served in a man's hat sort of beer, but. It's okay. The I like it. The mango is really good because mango is an underrated fruit, in my opinion. Yeah. As a connoisseur of IPA, your, your rating is probably going to be more accurate. 
But am I any good at it, though? I don't know. <laughs> Just rate with your heart. What, what is it, Jeremy? What if I like crap? Um, <laughs> it's a 3.5. Oh, okay. It's, good. it's It's good. I like the mango. I think the naming convention is throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, the the sugariness is what's knocking it down a little bit of it. Just that it's it's not like a like a, a sugary it's just that just bleh. It's like okay, imagine this. You have a milk stout, right? Mm-hmm. That has lactose in it and you just kinda hang out and you're just hanging out the friends and then after like an hour after you've had that your mouth just tastes like an ashtray. Maybe not an ashtray. That's a bad way to put it. But it just tastes like you ate a bunch of candy and like slept all night. I agree. But yeah, three point five. Is that your ringtone, Michael? Now, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Normally, we sound that when it's a macro brewery that we're drinking, but today we're it's a different occasion. Jeremy, I think if my calculations are correct with this episode, is this the first time that you've rated an IPA higher than me? <laughs> no. Well, that might be two. Okay, we'll give it one for that. All right. Um, <laughs> no, this is, I believe you are now the host of the show who has hosted the second most episodes. That's right. So I'm the co-hostist with the mostest. Yes. All right. Um, you have overtaken host emeritus Mike as far as number of episodes you have hosted. So I do what I can. Congratulations. Why, thank you. We'll be sending you a watch in the mail. Sweet. I didn't even get a watch for my 10-year anniversary at my job. You got a hammock, though. I know. I got a hammock. It's <laughs> way better. better. It's better. But anyway, just thought I'd make that a quick point of order. Yeah. Why, thank you. But yes. So thank you for uh, all the years thank of beers. Thank you for your service. And, <laughs> and here's to many, many more, yeah, 25 to 100 more episodes. 25 to 100 more? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, how about you uh, do me a favor and tell all the fine people the social, social media. media plugs because you remember how to do it quickly. Yeah, we'll try to do it quick. APM Pod, Facebook, Twitter, email us, APMPod at gmail.com. We're also on Untapped. We're Host Emeritus, aforementioned Host Emeritus Mike, uh, maintains all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike for being the keeper of the untapped. Otherwise, mm. just subscribe where you can. Um, rate if you can. But if not, just listen. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. So, Jeremy, thanks for another fine episode, and thanks to the listeners at home for listening in. I'm talking too much, so... Yeah, let's go home. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>